throw it in rotation. Not only are we back after a week's hiatus, today is also the return of Reese Davidson. Reese, welcome back. How have you been? Whoa. I've been great, mate. Everyone will be buzzing to know the favourite Scotsman's back on the, the podcast. Back, back to bring the, the good energy for the boys. Yes, please. Yes, please. Love that. As ever, we, um, we're joined by Ashley Cadell. Ash, describe to us the Cardinals' season so far in three words. It fucking stinks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that. To the show. <laughs> Very throwing rotation. Yeah, thanks. Um, let's, let's get into it then, shall we? We open the show, of course, with a blockbuster NFL in rotation uh, before we move into our main segment today in which we share our top 15 quotes from the NFL season so far. Let us go. NFL in rotation. Oh, if that doesn't get you hyped for an episode, I don't know what fucking does, eh? <laughs> Guess we go in every week. We're going to open this week's Story in Rotation segment with um, a bit of chat about probably one of the, the biggest stories of the week. It's Zach Wilson, um, who Robert Salas just said it won't be starting this weekend. It'll be Mike White. Uh, Zach Wilson, 13 touchdowns in 20 NFL starts. Uh, the NFL record held by a few player for the least is 12. Ash, Ash, what's going on over with the Jets? Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. We've been talking about the Jets and Jack, uh, Zach Wilson on the podcast for many a week now. Mm. I've, I've, you've, you've been giving him a lot, a lot of hate and I've sort of been sticking up for him. Well, I guess I have. Mm. And yeah, it's, that, that makes both of us, Ash. This yeah, it's not looking good. Train, but me and you what the to... fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking as soon as Zach Wilson got mentioned. Not great. Not been great at all, as it, as you said, Harry. Looks like he is going to be benched for Mike White. Um, even though uh, Robert Salad did say that um, Wilson would be the star for the rest of the year unless he was injured. So a quick U-turn on that. And it's, it's not real. no real surprise, really. Um, he's had a 48.8 PFF grade, which is the lowest out of any quarterback this year. Uh, he's just been pretty terrible, really. Sort of missing reads, not making the right decisions, bad throws. <sighs> you look at the the, the statistics uh, for for the for the loss in the loss for the Jets uh, against the Pats last oh, week, ten three, three for seventy seven yards, completing just forty one percent of his passes. Um, it was not a good day for that Jets offense. Two yards of offense in the second half. Yeah, yeah, two yards of offense, um, which Robert Salah did say uh, was dog shit. Oh, he said that, did he? Fair yeah, play, he Robert did, Salah. he did. Garrett Wilson was also frustrated with it, with the offensive performance. Oh, yeah. um, uh, I don't know, it's just uh, really, really bad on that offense. It's not encouraging one bit, is it? One of the things we spoke about before was Elijah Moore being unhappy with how the offense is working with the Jets, with him not getting too many targets. Uh, since it's been confirmed that Wilson will be benched, he, he's came out and posted what seems to be a dig at Wilson on Instagram. Basically Has he saying, now? Like, I'm here now, from, like, from the pictures I've seen. So it'll be interesting to see if he picks up more targets and... Make well, himself more of an option on that offense with Mike White coming in. 
I mean, no one's even been getting many targets, have they? <laughs> like for any yeah, of the receivers, cool. like Garrett Wilson, all of them. I think probably the most the most targets. I'm not. I don't know, but I'm going to say there's Uzoma because um, yeah, just he can't find anyone. Well, well, right now, if you look at the 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 big smile we've got on Mr. Harrison Diskin's face, what 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 are you? What's your opinion? What's your <laughs> are, you, are you happy that there's finally something that me and Ash have been wrong about that you can? You could have a little finally, finally something you're, you're wrong about. Is that what you just said? <laughs> well, I, I've, I've had plenty of time off, so I, I'm still fine on uh, being right and wrong. I don't know about Ashley, but... You just don't nah. uh, come on the podcast the weeks where you've got something wrong the week prior. The... <laughs> Which is why you've been off for so many weeks. Um <laughs> I, I just think I think it just shows that it's pretty remarkable how good the rest of the the Jets team has been to have the record that they do have right now and to be in the position that they defense, have. despite yeah the defense looks you know like it can make a it's worthy of making a run deep into the playoffs and, and maybe even Super Bowl sort of caliber. The running game was was good obviously with Brees Hall, but um, if you've not got a quarterback, then there's obviously a limit on how far you can go. And I, I'm happy to see it because. Um, because I, I want to see the Jets doing well, and it's it's a shame for him. But I I think what's more been his down downfall this week, why he's been benched right now. Because as you say, Robert Sellers said he was going to stick with him for the rest of the season. I think it's it's how he responded to the loss in his press conferences, uh, and we'll we'll get onto some specifics of that in our main segment later. But mm. I think a big part of his downfall this week, and while ev- why why everyone is piling onto him, is because he's not shown a backbone. He's been weak. He's not taking responsibility, and he's gonna. He he probably is causing cracks in that dressing room, and the defense are not going to be happy when they're performing like that, and they're getting absolutely nothing from the offense. And as you said, Reese, the some of the offensive players are, are unhappy themselves. Yeah. I mean, but, um, I, 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 Chris Sims uh, did an analysis on Twitter um, of his performance. He sort of went through sort of every single sort of play. Uh, he had, uh, and I, I watched quite a few of them, and it was quite interesting that he admitted, you know, it was a poor game, but perhaps, you know, still a wild overreaction. He's still uh, a young quarterback, and when you take into these uh, other con- uh, factors, especially in the last game, which sort of has been the one where everyone's sort of finally saying, right, uh, this guy, there's a problem for real here. Uh, this is the sort of confirming one, isn't it? Um, he was sort of saying, uh, I'm Sort of watching it, it looked right and everything. Yeah, you know, Pat Pat's very good uh, defense, good coverage throughout. Um, the receivers yeah. were struggling to get open. Wilson didn't have too many options himself. Uh, a couple of drops in there it was a drop by Denzel Mims. Uh, obviously, he's still a little jittery in the pocket as well, um, especially against the blitz. Yeah. But you look at that, look at that O line, uh, and it's not been great at all. Um, it's had so many different changes across there. You've got three starters uh, who are on IR, including the likes of Mackay Beckton and Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, of course, he, he wasn't. He was. Hey, well, there was misreads, poor passing, un- underthrown passes, decision making wasn't the best. But at the end of the day, he's still going against a very, very strong Bill Belichick defense. Uh, some clever play calls by him. Uh, dodgy O line. You know, not all of the blame can go on him. Maybe it's a slighter reaction, but overall, still a very bad game. But I don't know. I still think maybe still a little bit early for for the jury to be out on him. I I, I, I tend to agree with you there, Ash. I think it is a bit early for the jury to be out. But when I think back to 
my last appearance on the podcast, the Harrison had some strong words to say about him, and I've seen a couple plays from the game on the weekend. I haven't seen the whole game, but just atrocious decision making from Wilson. And as soon as I seen it, I thought back to everything that Discord said about how I think I think you were saying that it was maybe too early for us to be praising him. As we were saying, it might be too early for the jury to be out on him. I think after seeing, I think he had a screen, he attempted a screen pass, the receiver wide open and just threw it straight over his head. And as soon as I seen it, I thought back to everything you had said, Harrison, and I thought maybe this guy is just trash and it is the the rookies and the rest of the offense pulling the weight for the Jets. Well, he... He hasn't shown anything, like, ever, basically. He's barely had a, a good game. Like, his best games have been all right games for a rookie or for a second year or, or, or whatever. And I, I'm not I'm not taking joy out of you guys being wrong, but I will take some out of... I remember distinctly before the season saying, we were talking about the Jets, um, and I said, I can see the... Uh, after the draft, everyone was saying how well the draft went. Mm. Um and I said, I can see see them getting see a bit of disconnect here potentially because the pressure is going to be on Zach Wilson to improve as this team improves. I I was saying that, and um, that's been the case. So I think maybe you're right. It is only a second year, and you're still like not seeing much from Trevor Lawrence and stuff. But the team's winning. The defense is already there. The running game like might already be there. So it's just the quarterback is holding him back, which is why, in my opinion, you, you do have to take him out now. I would have taken I would have benched him midway through that Pats game. There was but no way that he was when, ever going to score you, any points. When and, you think and you about just it, need though. to win. Go on. Um, Zach Wilson might not be the best option, but surely he's a better option than Mike White. Well, he's just not showing it. Like, Mike White had a couple of games where he did show something. I, like, you've not got the answer there uh, in Flacco or Mike White. Yeah, I get that. But they could probably show at least something. Like, you've seen worse quarterbacks come in and, and show more than Zach Wilson has. Yeah. Well, like, Zach like Wilson Mr. can uh, come... Rush, Rush, Cooper, Rush, 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 Cooper. Cooper, Rush, Rush, Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, he can come back. Like, if Mike White and Joe Flacco don't uh, don't show that much, like, this isn't the end of Zach Wilson's career. If he's good enough, if he's going to be good enough, then he can overcome this setback of being benched to, to find his way, either with the Jets or maybe, like, maybe even another team next year. Um, but I don't see it. I don't think... He's you, you, you look at uh, you say about winning games then he has won games okay you say maybe he not himself won, but he has won as a starter as a quarterback and you look at the first three games they only won one of those games when Wilson wasn't wasn't playing uh, and as soon as he came in um, they won four on the bounce um, you know obviously a lot of that is to do with how good that defense was but he has still won games. It's the best position that the Jets have been in for I don't know how long. Yes, the quarterback play isn't great, but you've oh, also wow. got to look at the rest of the offense as well. Maybe not not great. It's been shocking, really. But uh, the rest of the offense as well has been has been poor as well. Uh, losing somebody like Reese Hall as well is always going to make a, a massive impact, especially at how well he was making an impact on that offense. I, I, losing I, I, him, that's going to be huge to how Zach Wilson plays as well and just the, and the yeah. general offense. I think you've hit the nail in the head there. Um, when you think about it, since Brees Hall went out injured, yeah, they made a good trade to get Robinson in as a replacement, but I don't think they've been anywhere near as as good and as impressive as they were when Brees Hall was still fit. 
And neither with um, Elijah Vera Tucker as well. Him on the O-line, he was making big strides this year, especially in the run game. And without him there, that's taken a huge hit. So, you know, I don't, th- I don't think it's fair to pin it all on Zach Wilson. And maybe no. the benching is a bit more to do with his comments. Uh, you know, maybe that's that. Or, you know, he's been yeah, under yeah. so much heat at the minute. He, he, maybe he, he wants to protect him, take him out of the limelight a bit, he, you know. He refused to take any any blame for the, the yeah, last yeah. game, didn't no, he? That's so the thing. He's ca- I think he's that came does play a big part. That is a big he, part of it, he's yeah, He's spoken of very strongly against the people that think he's the problem, and I think it, that causes more problems when you've got an individual coming out, highlighting all the other problems. For, mm. for example, you look, yeah. at, you look at what Ronaldo's just done with Man United, and it, it, it's kind of similar, isn't it? Coming yeah. out and putting the blame on everyone else. You want a bit of honesty, though. You've got to have that balance. I, I take what you're saying about like the, the rest of the offence, um, there's some blame there whatsoever, but um, like uh, Salah can't just change the rest of the offense like that. What you can do is change the quarterback yeah. and look for that little spark. This would be fair enough if their their record was the other way around. If they had three wins, you'd be like, yeah, let, let's wait and see what Zach Wilson's got. Let's wait and see what um, like how he develops. And this benching is probably not the best thing for his development. Like maybe it could turn out to be, but I think it is definitely the best thing for the team. And at least for one week, you've got to try something different after his performances and after his comments. But uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. It's been a, a long time on Zach Wilson. We'll keep it with the quarterback theme and move on to Justin Fields. Reese, you've been impressed with Fields' performance um, since you've been away from the podcast. He's sort of emerged as a, as a, a star, a potential superstar, hasn't he? What have you seen that you like? Uh, it's just the the element of rushing that he brings. I think last episode that I was on was the episode where we discussed a uh, top five rushing quarterbacks, and Justin Fields was someone who was very close to making the top five for me. In the last three weeks, he's he's rushed for four touchdowns and over four hundred yards in the last three weeks alone. I think since. Since I've I've been gone from the podcast, he's he's pretty much he, he's upped his game so mm. much. He's got the. I'll tell you. Looking. I'll tell you when it's been since he went to Matt Eberflus, however many weeks ago, and said, "I don't. I, w- I need to run the ball. I don't care. Whatever it takes to win, I want to win. Don't protect me or anything like that. Let's let's make it happen." And they've run more. They've had more design runs since then, and and the effects have been yeah, there for everyone to see. You look at it. He's he set a record for the. Longest rush by a quarterback for a touchdown. Um, I think it was a big 61-yarder. And then the week after, he broke his own record with a 67-yarder. <laughs> I think like just watching the guy take matters into his own hands and or his own legs, should I say, it's just incredible. We... And I think ever since... Ever since he's had the balls to step up and say, as you say, don't protect me. I want to win games. Let me take it into my own hands or legs. They've looked a different team, man. As you you guys said, with your great analysis whilst I've been gone, they've brought Mm. in the likes of Claypool that that gives them a different dimension in the passing game. I think they've just looked better all round since yeah. he started taking matters into his own hands. And I've been very impressed by the the upcoming 
nature of the Bears team in the past you can, few weeks. You can see how it's progressing overall, and uh, clearly uh, th- those trades are towards the deadline. They're sort of in in a rebuild rebuild mode, but I think they're now clearly set on Justin Fields. He's their guy, and he's really taken off. As you said, I completely agree with how how well he's been. Uh, he just looks like a superstar, really. Um, he's so electric when he's got the ball. I, I love his attitude and his fight and, and character. Like he, he, it's, he t- he's been taking so many hits, especially again with that um, Bears O line. He's taken huge hits, uh, and you think just it looks so bad. And he just gets up and he just keeps fighting and fighting. And he's a freak, really. The the, the athleticism is incredible. Uh, I, I I really like him. Uh, I was I was a big fan on him before the draft. I I even tweeted that he'd be the best quarterback in the draft class. Um, Looks like it so far. Li- a little bit early. A bit early. We'll see. Wait, 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 wait. Just how have you two not included him in your top five rushing QBs? By the way, I literally what don't know. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, in hindsight, it was a bad decision. I don't think it was about... a bad decision looking back. I think I, I was I think we we're both justified in our reasoning behind not having him in, but I think since we done that episode Yeah, he's taken off and he... under a different he It's made it look worse, yeah. Yeah, I think he's been that, um I... sorry. I I I'll leave on this point. I think he's been better than Lamar Jackson in the past three or four weeks. Russian wise, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think you've got to say that, he's which been is the best scary. rusher in the NFL the past. The, the, in the past five weeks, he scored six rushing touchdowns. It's been ridiculous how how much that offense has changed because they could not move the ball at all. They were they were awful first, however many weeks of the season. But again, we'll move it on as throwing rotations getting a bit long again. Uh, I just wanted to bring up since we lasted an episode, Jeff Saturday somehow has become head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Never coached um, above high school level he played for the Colts uh, throughout the 2000s obviously very close to the owner Jim Ersay um, and I was a bit shocked to be honest to see the, the strong reaction against the move obviously it's so unorthodox you, you normally got to grind for years and years even if you play to to become a coach at the highest level um, but, but for me the, the state the season was in and how bad the offense was looking at I think it's fair enough. It either it works and and it's a stroke of genius. There's a big home run here, or or the on-field product is a bit of a disaster. And you can pick up a quarterback early in 2023. Dimmer knew Saturday would change certain things about the culture. The the Colts fans love him. He, he's a he's a football guy. He's a culture sort of guy. Um, and and that's kind of what what they needed to sort out a bit of change the culture a little bit. He's a ring of honor holder with the Colts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it in. Bring it in someone. Of that caliber that knows the team, knows what it means to the fans, has has been there with the team, done it as a player. I think bringing someone in like that can only boost the mentality of the team. For all it's someone, as you say, who hasn't grafted for it, hasn't put in the work to be a, an NFL head coach. It's someone who knows the game, someone who knows the city, someone who knows the franchise. And I think that's got to be a big boost to the players, having someone who properly can embody what it means to be a cult. Well, yeah, it's definitely seemed like they've reacted to it so far. Got the um, got the win in his first game over the Raiders, 25-20. to 20, And then they took the Eagles all the way on Sunday. Couldn't have been closer. Lost by a point in the end. Just couldn't find enough in the final quarter or so. Um, they've gone back to Matt Ryan after telling him 
Uh, he's going to be benched for the rest of the year. Must be pretty weird for Ryan. But he's had just 16 incompletions and no fumbles or interceptions in these last two games, which obviously is a massive improvement. That, I think that also speaks volumes of what Saturday's done so far since he came in with the O-line. I think yeah. like uh, me and you are regular watchers, watchers of the Pat McAfee show. And I remember the day that Saturday was announced, we had McAfee on straight away for see his thoughts on the move to bring Saturday in. Uh, I think one of the big points he's had is he was excited to see how that O-line improved to bring in mm. someone like Saturday who's, you know, been a pro bowler, played centre and stuff like that. I think, so it, it speaks volumes of what he's been able to do in the short time he's been there already, the fact that Matt Ryan's been so well protected and I think he obviously believed in what he could do to that O-line by when he decided that Ryan was going to be his quarterback the rest of the season. Yeah. He has had a bit of uh, he has had a bit of help. The O-line is healthier now. Jonathan Taylor looked like looks like he's getting back to his best which which always helps. Um they've got the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Vikings, Chargers, Giants and Texans the rest of the way. I kind of think I I think they've got something about them now and they 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 never were a bad team if they're getting players back healthy. They've now got this Jeff Saturday X factor. I'm thinking maybe they could go 4 and 2 the rest of the way and you know that's probably not enough to I think they'll be 8 8 and 1. Not enough to sneak into the playoffs, but I think they could be in contention maybe week 17. I think week stranger 18. things have happened when ridiculous? it comes to Getting into the playoffs. Well, you, uh, had, you had the commanders a few years ago on seven and nine getting into the playoffs, didn't you? So yeah, but as we say, stranger things have happened. I, I don't tend to believe that the Colts will end up in the playoffs, but as I say, stranger things have happened, and I don't. I think it might be a bit too early to write them off, especially with how they've looked since Saturday came in. But anyway, I completely I disagree. I do not think the Colts are going to be anywhere near the playoffs. I think they've beaten a Raiders team who are shit anyway. And okay, yeah, they, they took the Eagles far, but the Eagles are at a point in their season now where they've already got so many wins on the board that they're just sort of grinding out wins at the moment. They're just wanting to get the W and see you out to the playoffs. So I think looking at that schedule, I think it's going to be way too tough. I haven't seen enough about the Colts. Um, and I don't, I can't see it. I think obviously maybe a bit more of a, a uplift in the team with Jeff Saturday coming in, but I can't see that last. And I, I don't think I can't see the Colts doing much. A I little think, bit uh, off some... topic. Well, she said that actually. What What do you think on uh, the Cardinals' chances of making the playoffs? Pretty pretty slim. I don't think we will. Pretty slim. Let's end throw it in rotation with that beautiful note. Thank you, Ashley. We'll take a break right now and get into our favourite 15 quotes of the NFL season so far. Welcome back to the Throw in Rotation podcast. Let's get into the top 15 quotes of the NFL season so far. And we'll start with a bit of Zach Wilson, a bit of something that we've just been talking about. Here we go. The, as an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. no. Thank you. So, yeah, we were speaking about Zach Wilson just before the break. And, yeah, uh, following on from that, yeah, let's focus in on those comments a bit more. 
uh, just that's not what you want to be hearing, is it? Um, it, it it's, it, he has been a massive part of that offense, as we just discussed. Throwing for just 817 yards over the past five games. Uh, Joe Flacco threw for, for 901 yards in the three games he started at the beginning of the year. Um, so it just does not bode well for Wilson at all, does it? Especially given Josh Allen's comments after the Bills surprised us to the AFC East rivals, the Jets, in Week 9. Yeah, and we actually maybe we'll get into those a little bit later, but this is just unforgivable from your quarterback. And as we said before, it's probably a big part of why why he has now been benched. You got you can't. I just don't get why. Is he just shut off at that point, like emotionally? He just like says no, and then like you got to think he wouldn't say the same thing now if if you asked him. Like surely he'd say he'd regret this. It's it, spineless. It's, it's not even the fact that he's he, he's obviously speaking out it's the fact he was asked if he was disappointed with how he had left the defense feeling and obviously like you hear a lot of talk about how it's effectively two teams in the nfl you've got your offensive guys and your defensive guys and you think about that deep down the defense who probably aren't as close with him as the rest of the offense are they're probably thinking this guy's a complete dickhead yeah, they're thinking, fuck this guy. We're working our socks off every every week, and we're playing at such a high level. He's playing like literally the worst quarterback in the league, and he's just not taking any account for it uh, whatsoever. It's um, it's pathetic, and it deserves um, deserves for him to get dropped. Yeah, in my opinion, just for those comments. Anyway, moving on, we've got another uh, dodgy quarterback comment coming up, don't we? Josh, take us through uh, just some of the frustration. It seemed like your offense after 14-3 had really pretty much nothing going. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to win in this league. Um, you're playing a good team and your quarterback plays like shit. Made some bad decisions tonight, really cost our team. Um, lot to learn from, lot to grow from. But that's not that's not the uh, standard we hold ourselves to. That's not the ball that we play. Um, so... Lot to look at, lot to learn from. The interceptions, can you just explain, again, we're looking from up above, it just seemed almost inexplicable, the two, because they were right to their guy. What, what yeah, the, did you not see? The first one, I just didn't see the guy. He was right behind the DN. Dawson was uh, kind of lashed onto the DN. I got my eyes back, um, and I kind of looked, and the guy was right behind the D, the defensive end. Didn't really see him there, and that's why I floated it. And the second one was just a, a brain fart. Um, yeah. Is this, is there any connection? I mean, it's kind of a, I don't know, Six quarters probably too little to call a trend, but you go back to the second half of the Green Bay game. Is there something now that maybe teams are doing or whatever or something you're not seeing that that you're struggling with? No, it's got to execute better. Um, that's on me. Good. As, as I said, another dodgy quarterback comment coming there, but it's the polar opposite of what we just heard from Wilson. It's the quarterback that is willing to admit that he's not been the best, willing to admit that it's his responsibility for a loss. And funnily enough, that was coming after we lost to the Jets. And it was an overall stinky performance from Josh Allen. He's acknowledged it. And that's why I've chosen this as one of my top five quotes. Because it, to me, it's very empowering to see the quarterback step up and take responsibility for his mistakes. Yeah, and it just, it just completely mugs Zach Wilson off even more. Or shows him... How he should have been because of Josh Allen, even in that loss, played a lot better than than Zach Wilson's best game of his career. Uh, like obviously, Josh Josh Allen is a million miles away, um, but that's a part of why Josh Allen has been successful because of his mindset, because of his attitude, because 
Um, he can lead a team. He can command a group of men to, to listen to what he says and believe in yeah. what he says. You see the relationship that Josh Allen has with everyone on that team, offense and defense, and, and that's sort of, that, that helps so much when you're building a team. And, and Zach Wilson should be trying to build relationships when he's, when he's this much in the mud. Like, you're about to lose your job, mate. Try and make the personal connections that, that, that uh, might he, save you. He only likes building relationships with moms. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to so say that might be the only thing that he's remembered for this season for banging his mum's friend. But uh, banging his mum and mugging his team off. Ba- he wasn't banging his <laughs> mum. He wasn't banging his mum, mate. <laughs> banging his <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what you want your quarterback to uh, to say, uh, Josh Allen wise, anyway. And you know, uh, you might be right there, Harry. It sort of could epitomise sort of the attitudes and why. Uh, Zach Wilson is having a hard time. See, as you say, it was a, it wasn't the worst game I've even seen Josh Allen play, but he stepped up and he took responsibility mm. for the fact he had made mistakes, which cost us the win in the end. And as you say, to turn around and say no, I don't feel any guilt towards the defense it, from Zach Wilson. That's just awful. That's asking to be benched. Whereas Josh no, really had the balls is. to step up, take the responsibility and and put the belief in us Bills fans that when things do go wrong and it's his fault, he's going to step up and take the blame. And it also kind of shows a side that, to me, kind of says he's got the mentality to fucking take us all the way. He, <laughs> if, he's got the ball, if he's got the balls to put his hands up and say... I was in the wrong there, then he's got the balls to step up and do what he needs to do. To take his no, you're going to be bold jobs either way, mate. Yeah, well, It'd probably be better if he just didn't play like that. Yeah. Maybe it'll be all right if he just didn't throw picks every week, mate. Okay, yeah, let's improve the vibe. New record for <laughs> living picks in nine weeks or something. Fuck me. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, let's turn the vibes around. Let's let's go a bit happier with this remake of an absolute classic. You like that? Three, one, two, three. Oh, that's class. That's well, that is, class. <laughs> that is Kirk Cousins in the dressing room. Um, after their victory, after they went to eight and one, they are now eight and two. After was it the post Bills win? Uh, yeah, it was a uh, week yeah. after last, I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? Yeah, I was what, sitting what, there loving it, thinking how much Reese would be hating yeah. it. <laughs> there was a little tweet that went all to Marathon. Uh, <laughs> might have been post... post uh, oh, no, 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 wait, 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 sorry, hang on. It was over the... It was against the... It was after the 20-17 to 17 win over Washington. Uh, and it was... When he was at Washington, that's where the You Like That originated. Oh, that's I where see. the... You like that! You like that! Yes, we- there's a little tweet that went out from one of your boys saying Darth Reese needs to change his opinion on Kirk Cousins <laughs> and a couple of days ago I had a strong conversation with you about this disco um, mm. and I think I think looking back this is going to sound like I'm just saying this because he absolutely fucked the bills but I think it probably is time that I give the man a bit Ooh. of respect He's obviously Hello. got he's obviously got a bit of character. He might come out with stupid shit like I'm gonna say it. But 
I think at the end of the day, the guy's got a bit of character. He, he, he knows how to get his team fired up, get his team behind him. And I think, as fucking much as it pains me to say it, like, <laughs> he, might, he might be a respectable guy. Mr. 30 nah. chains over there. Yeah, you, you literally just hated, based your whole hatred on it on him uh, off of that one quote just because you didn't really like yeah, the quote. Yeah. That well, was literally well, most it. Most of my hatred of you is based on one thing as well, actually, so I wouldn't worry. Oh, hello. Right. Getting spicy. You know. uh, <laughs> it's my dog. I'm going to move on from fucking that. dirty Cardinals fan. <laughs> Right. You can tell who's had a little vodka and coke before the episode recorded. No, no, but yeah, Kirk Cousins is cool. All of a sudden, it went off the um, left the pit, left the field. Sorry, um, that day, and the, the fans were all chanting, "You like that?" It was, uh, the NFL's biggest story when he was in the plane, wearing the chains, doing the dancing. Um, it is looking pretty cool, and and the Vikings are, whether you like it or not, one of the stories of the season at eight and two. Yes, they just got blown out big time. And yes, uh, I think every single one of their wins have come uh, within one score. Um, but but they're going to be there. They're going to be there in the NFC playoffs. They're going to win that NFC North. The Viking story of the season for me is the fact that the whole team is... Um, they're all putting in to get Kirk Cousins' his own chain for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> MVP. All he needs MVP. to, all he needs MVP. to feed the, the, the big ego that he's got going on there. But as I say, I've gone to respect the man a bit in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, and, and he's setting trends as well. Taylor Heineke even did the chain thing on the plane. Setting trends. And I will just say, in defence of him in that game against the Cowboys, he faced a ridiculously high pressure rate. It was 63%, which, which is ridiculous uh, for sure. For context... Mahomes versus the Bucks in Super Bowl 55 when he was getting chased all over the park where uh, the pressure rate that day was 37.5. So wow. he really had no chance. Christian Darasaw, um, last year's first round pick, has been missing time the last couple of weeks and that's really that's really mm. shown. He's been excellent this year. Um, so I think um, it has brought the Vikings back down to earth and I'm not saying that they are yeah, an 8-1, and 8-2 sort of team, but... They'll be there. They'll be making noise in the playoffs. And uh, I'm glad Kirk Cousins has, has got a bit of something about him now. Will he ball it, though, in the playoffs? Like he oh, usually yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Prime, prime, <laughs> time or, prime time of playoffs, it goes back to being Kirk Cousins rather than Kirk Thuggins, doesn't it? <laughs> but yes, anyway, I, you, you just mentioned Taylor Heineke there, this one, didn't you? I think going, to, going over there and thinking about what's what's been happening with the commanders this season. It leads us perfectly on to my second favourite quote of the year, doesn't it? John, following up on John's question about the, the Giants, you know, they're up to a faster start. The Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, they've kind of all been rebuilding too the last couple of years and it seems like they're farther ahead. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at, at this point? Quarterback. Is that... I mean, with quarterback, like the Cowboys, for instance, they're, they don't have Dak Prescott this season and still have been able to well, they win. Started with, well, they, well, they started, started with, with them, Dak, but they've... And they built around Dak, and the offense mm-hmm. is built around Dak. Um, their backup's a, a guy that is very solid inside of it, inside of what they do. Um, and the truth is that, that this is a quarterback-driven league. And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success, they've been able to build it around a specific quarterback chose the quarterback here though so do you have any regrets about that or how do you no i got no regrets about their quarterback i think our quarterback has done some good things there's been a couple of games that he struggled 
Um, but you look at his numbers from yesterday, and you would say, okay, look at his numbers he's had throughout the year. There was a time he was, you know, uh, very solid. And then, um, un- you know, we had the unfortunate Philadelphia game, and he struggled a little bit in the Dallas game. But the way he performed yesterday, it just shows you, you know, what he's capable of. And, you know, we chose him because we believe him. We chose him because we looked at what we felt were, were, were things that pointed towards him. We've got Ron Rafferi coming out there saying that the quarterback's a problem. But the thing that makes this quote so interesting for me and one of my favourites is the fact that one or two weeks later he came out and said this. They played their asses off. They have. They played their off for everybody. They come out and they show up. They work hard. All right. They don't complain. Okay. They hear all this stuff and they got to deal with it. I get that. I respect them for it because they're resilient. They come out. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I don't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking when we were in Indianapolis. Okay? And that's what me off. Because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. That is the sound of a door slamming as Rivera oh, yeah. just, just threw himself out of the press conference. But. Just to give a little bit of context to it, uh, the first drop was um, during the week he was asked why he's further behind in his rebuild than the rest of the NFC East teams, and he just says quarterback. Uh, I was talking about bloody Carson Wentz, his quarterback, only played a, a few games at that time. And then the second one was um, was after that Sunday's game. Um, they, beat the Bell, uh, they beat the Bears 12-7. Carson Wentz went 12-22, and threw for less than 100 yards. And then, then the post-match presser, he goes absolutely off on the media for, for hating his quarterback and for chatting shit about the quarterback. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and storms I, I, out. I went, I went with that quote because it's a bit of a double whammy, the fact that he's yeah, completely contradicted yeah. himself and done a complete U-turn. But no, no, I, I listened to that back, though. I've got a different perspective on it. And to be fair, oh. I I jumped on, on, on the train. As soon as I heard that initial quote about him blaming the quarterback, I was straight away because... I think Carson went stink, so I was just like, "Oh yeah, someone else, even his own quarterback hates him." I was, yeah, I, I was lapping it up, obviously. But listen to it back now and hearing the whole thing, I think when he's saying quarterback, he's saying he's not trying to put like throw shade at um, Carson Wentz. He's just saying like he doesn't have a franchise quarterback. That's why they're behind and yeah, yeah. like but, but you the, he's like saying the, but he's linking that to uh, the the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, uh, I think we got asked about that, and they they were still saying like, but, but Prescott is a franchise quarterback, isn't he? Even though they've got Carson Wentz, he isn't their franchise quarterback. Yeah, that, that's why he's blaming it, the quarterback. He's not blaming Carson Wentz in, in himself, and and that's sort of what it was a a lot of the people were alluding to when he yeah. said that. He was bla- he was saying that they don't have that elite quarterback who wins them games, and and he, he's right. It doesn't mean he doesn't he's back right, Carson right, Wentz. But when you think about it, he came out and he came out in the second quarter and he said, "I'm the one who looked at all the papers. I'm the one who done this, who done that. I looked at him at Indianapolis, blah blah blah." If you done that research and you were so adamant that you were bringing Carson Wentz in, then surely you must have the belief that he was gonna be your yeah, franchise quarterback. Yeah, he, he, you he, have had so no, much it's, he doesn't. Uh, it's what you saying is right. What you're saying is right. That's what that's what he was that's what he was trying to put across. But as a head coach, you have to be so careful about everything you say and how things you, you say sound. Wait, and he literally said, he said, "Why are you so? 
like, why are you so far behind them in rebuilds? And he just said the word quarterback. You like, can't, you know, you can't blame your quarterback well. and then get mad at people slating your quarterback. No, I get that, but I know I know it, he exactly meant that he it's because he doesn't have uh, an elite quarterback. And he even later s- said later on in that quote that he does believe in Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, because you realise how much you've fucked up with what you said. Well, yeah, because everyone, it's word, just in a press conference. Like, everyone says stupid things. Everyone makes mistakes. They say something. It, that, that's his first thought. That is probably his first thought. Right, yeah, it's probably quarterback. Why do you I've think got... he walked out? Because he realised how much of <laughs> well, a fucking dickhead but you're he's been Even well. with Carson Wentz, it doesn't matter whether he looks at this tape or not. And whether he, he's, he believes in him. Either way, you sort of know that the best choice out there is not going to be one of these elite guys. So, yes, he has made that decision. Yes, he has looked at it. Yes, he probably thought Carson Wentz was the best fit for him in terms of viability, who they can acquire. But, like, that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't believe in him as such. He's just saying that he doesn't have that elite guy who's going to put him to the next level. I think that's what he means. I completely understand what you're saying about guys being elite, and I understand that you, you... you're taking what Rivera's said and you're trying to make sense of it. And I, in a way, I agree with you. But as He's I even said, explained it himself. As I said, he's the one who had done the research. He's the one who decided on Carson yeah. Wentz. And arguably, since Carson Wentz has been out injured... Well, just tell me who are going to get better, though. You look how no, many, no, difficult no, no. it is to get a good it, quarterback. Since Carson Wentz has been out... <clears throat> And Taylor Heineke's been in. They've been a far better team. Yeah, <coughs> and so, not to and, be fair. And that was always my opinion. When they, when they brought Carson Wentz in, I was very impressed by how Heineke done last season. And I was thinking to myself, it won't be long before <coughs> Heineke's in doing the job again. I, I think it was like everything he said regarding Carson Wentz. And then you look at how they're performing now when he isn't there. I think he, he's just made a complete mug of himself. Yeah, especially when, like he was very quick just to make Heineke the the full time star as well. He could have played Wentz in a couple of these games, but uh, this is so interesting to look back on now that Taylor Heineke is starting, and I think that does show a little bit that he, that he wasn't loving his quarterback. I get what you're saying, Ash. That's that's that is the point that he was trying to make, but. He he literally just said quarterback. For, yeah, but for he the explained it afterwards. Like you just you've just focused yeah, well, on that one on, thing. Not, no, but he explained that after it. after all the controversy had came out no, in the week. Pro- there was a week between the two quotes. No, he explained it after he's after he said quarterback in that same quote. He explained it, but uh, go on, Harry. Um, no, let, let's wrap up the uh, the Taylor Heineke stuff right there. Uh, Chase Young should be back now. The Commanders are in the NF- NFC wildcard race, um, so we'll, we'll see if Taylor Heineke can make it to the postseason once again. Now, let us move it on to, uh, to a quote from Hard Knocks. Uh, to me, it means we'll play anywhere. We'll play on grass. We'll play on turf. We'll go to a landfill. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. <laughs> uh, I just love this absolute poetry from Dan Campbell, mate. I think this quote came up on the podcast in the yeah, time I that I wasn't here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed listening to your boys' conversation about the quote, so go on, take it's... away, they score. Give, it, give us some more insight on why you love the quote so much. Uh, it's just such a bloody weird thing to say. and you, we, Like we said on it before, he didn't really know what he was getting at. You kind of get his tone um, and his general message. But it's just his passion and his weird rants. They were the highlight of uh, what I thought was a really strong hard knocks before the season. Um, I, I think the Lions 
well, their, their offense has perhaps been one of the stories of the year, been so effective with Jared Goff at the helm. And the D has stepped up over the last few weeks. And uh, I think they might have something there with Dan Campbell. It seems like the players are buying in a little bit there. They're getting a bit mm. more juice. They're um, getting production from their rookies as well, especially uh, on the defense. We've seen Rodrigo after his feature on Hard Knocks. He's, he's come in. Aiden Hutchinson is looking real good now. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, actually, um, he has the same in number of interceptions as Source Gardner. More sacks than Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau combined. Is Hutchinson on his way to a defensive rookie of the year? I think I think he's been good and um, I, but I think there's other players out there. I still think that he's sort of proven that he probably should have been the first overall pick but I think you know the sort of likes of Source Gardner are going to be ahead of him. Yeah, I completely agree with you there Ash. I think what he's done in his short time so far, he's looked very good, but I don't think in any way he's going to pick Sauce Gardner to title of defensive rookie of the year. Fair enough. Lions rookies have combined for 45 total pressures, which is the most of any team's rookie class. Uh, they've also had the most interceptions uh, from their rookies with five. So, you know, I, I like the look of Dan Campbell. I like what he says. He's... His run sometimes got a little bit weird and kind of awkward, and he'd make weird comparisons to sea monsters and stuff. But um, I think he, he's a coach that plays can get behind. I think you, the Lions should be like considered more of a late run for a, a playoff spot than, and than the Colts. Oh. They've, they've won their last three games. They've beaten a very good team in the Giants. They've gone close with the likes of the Dolphins and the Eagles um, earlier in the year. Maybe now Dan Campbell's finally got it going. They've got a bit of momentum. You see the fight and drive in that team. Who knows? I think you've got those, as you said, those rookies playing well. Um, I could, who knows? I could see a late push by the Lions. As rare as it is, in an episode, I actually agree with you again. No, I think ever, <laughs> since, um, ever since Hawkinson went out the door, the Lions have looked like a different team. Took a lot, uh, well, provided the Packers was a loss, looked very good in that performance. I think the first two times the Packers got in the red zone, the Lions picked Aaron Rodgers off. And ever since then, as I say, Hawkinson left. They've looked like a different team. They've been very good on offense all season, but they've looked like they've got the balls to take the game to the final minute in the last, mm. last two or three weeks. And that's Which testament again, to Dan Campbell's attitude and how, how he how he's as much as he spirit says within the stuff, team. He, he, like, he, he might say weird stuff, but it's stuff that weird, is weirdly motivating at the same time, mm. if you get what I mean. It's the kind of stuff that riles you up because it's funny, as we've seen on Hard Knocks. But sorry again to cut in and say that I've got a perfect little connection, but considering what we've said about how the Lions have been playing the previous three weeks, I think my third quote in line fits in perfectly here again. Well, let let y'all know, man, today is the minimum of effort. Tomorrow we're going to come back even better. I know we start out slow. I know we got pads on the first day coming back. I know we're looking at Coach crazy, but we got to believe in him. You know what I mean? He going he gonna to put us in the right position. We just got to come out here and be dogs. We got to come out here and know we got to be champions. If today y'all think this is it, this ain't it, we got to keep going. Do not give up. Do not feel like you're tired. Were you tired? Think of last year and think of that fucking record. 
Every time I get tired or I think I can't go no more, I think of that fucking record. That ain't us. We can make it. We got to believe. We got to be mentally strong. When we tired, that's when we got to put our fundamentals together. That's when we got to be more focused. When we tired, look across the field and see how tired they are. That should give you more effort. Be like, I'm going to beat his ass. I'm going to get fundamentally strong. Everybody's great when they're not tired. The champions is when they're tired, that's when the real champions come out. That's when that real dog come out. Because if you go piss like a puppy, stay on the porch and let the big dogs eat. Let them on the fucking field. Let's go. Have Let's some go. I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry because I care about y'all. Last year wasn't it. Last year fucking got me angry, pissed for this year. I'm trying to be better for y'all. When you say I'm tired, I'm going to keep going. Remember your why. Remember why you play football. I want y'all to give everything you got. Every day. Do your best. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions. As it, as it said, you want to piss like a puppy, get off the porch. I think that might be my favourite quote. You know, that was that. brilliant. As yeah, I say, wow. that, that, that quote fits perfectly into what we were saying about the Lions <coughs> and how they've been able to get mm. wins in that the past culture. few weeks. I think yeah. it, it shows that the emotion you can hear in Williams' voice there. You, you can see how much it means. It's the team that have been through the shit. Well, I didn't even but, know who said it. Who was it? Sorry. Jamal Williams, the Lions running back. Oh, so he's, he's coming, he, he, you can hear the emotion in his voice, he's fired up, he's saying to the boys, come on, we're, we're still here tired now, that's when it counts, let's fucking go, we can do this kind of thing. And I think to, to, to go through what the Lions have been through and still have that mentality is it's pretty insane and that you, you can kind of see a glimmer of what he's saying coming through with the Lions now. As you said, Ash, you can see them mm-hmm. making the playoffs for what they've been doing in the past two or three weeks. I think the past two or three weeks have shown exactly the mentality that with that he was trying to instill in them when he, he went off on that tangent with them after practice. Absolutely, he summed up beautifully there. And um, Jamal Williams himself is having a great year. He's Already set a career high in terms of yardage. He has the most rushing touchdowns in the league with 12. Um, 12, And he's got a bit of explosion about him this year as well. You, you can see that he's obviously bought into the Campbell experience. Just not only from that quote, but the way that he's playing. How hard he's playing this year. Um, and yeah, just in general, I'm excited to see what this Lions team can do with a QB. It, look, it looks like they, mm. they are starting to get that culture. If they didn't have players. Jared Goff, fucking they, hell, they where look, would they, they be? They look good with the culture, as you say, Disco, but I think it speaks volumes of Jamal Williams and the player that he could become as yeah. well. As you say, he's had a great season so far this season, but with a mentality like that, to stand in front of your whole team and fire them up like that before the season, tell them exactly what they were doing wrong. And that Tell them actually, exactly what they need to know. That that speaks volumes to me mm-hmm. from a sports po- psychology point of view about someone. He, he's fucking ready to give it all, and I I think that just it shows the kind of player that he could blossom into. Forget the lines too as cynical. a whole. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I am I being too cynical to um. Well, if I point out the fact that he was do- he's doing it in front of the cameras, he made sure all the cameras were there. And, um, he, <laughs> no, that's I, what Dan Campbell, no, I, Dan I Campbell asked him to break it down. So uh, he meant 
he must have gone and asked Dan Campbell to, to, to go and do it and he knew that the cameras were going to be there and whatever. Yeah, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, but I think for a guy to even want to go tell, tell his coach, I want to break it down, I want the cameras on me, I want to show that much emotion. Yeah, I mean, you hear them, yeah. Hear him at the end. He said, "I'm gonna cry," and you can quite clearly hear mm. him, the emotion in his voice towards the end. I think again, it speaks volumes the fact that the guy had the balls to step up, even if he did go to Dan Campbell and say, "Look, I want to break it down. The cameras are gonna be there. None of that matters to me. The fact that he had the balls to stand up and do it." That actually, the quote—that sort of to, to to provide it to the world. For us to fucking sit here and pick it apart like we are, I think it speaks volumes of the kind of characters that are in that dressing room. Yeah, and that the sort of thing brings me perfectly on to Buddha Baker because I actually should have uh, set, selected the quote where he was in the dressing room giving a similar speech like that, pretty much saying he's sick and tired of fucking losing every week. Um, but actually, Harry, I asked you to pick something else out, didn't I? What do you say after a game like this, Buddha? It looks like your playoff hopes are done at this point, but what do you, what do you say? There's not not much to say at all. I mean, they 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 they, they beat us real bad. They had a great game plan. Um, we felt like we had a great game plan. You know, first couple series went well. Then they just, you know, they kind of took the top off a little bit. And, uh, you know, kudos to the San Fran uh, 49ers, but, you know, for us, it wasn't good enough at all. Like guys played till the end, played hard till the end. No, I don't. But that's, um, I just, no, no. You know, is it tough to say this late in the season? Yeah, it's very tough to say. But you know, at the end of the day, we're all grown men. Um, you know, women lie, men lie. That film never lies. So, whatever the the film says is is what it is. Yeah, I mean, the angle was good enough. It was good enough. No, Yeah, it was good enough. Oh, man, we got to flush this out. We got a, a quick early week with the, you know, Chargers. Flush this one out. Of course, we're not going to watch the film just because we're on a short week. So guys, we're on the plane, watch the film, talk to each other. Um, I always talk, you know, leave your ego at the door. If, if I give you something and tell you something, just take it. If you tell me something, I'm going to take it. You know what I mean? So just... You know, figure out what we did wrong, and then um, you know, once tomorrow hits, shoot, we got we got an off day, and then we're back to work. We got the Chargers, so um, you know, it's an early week, and uh, yeah, that's it. I think the two main things in there, uh, the fact that he was saying that he doesn't think the team plays hard right until the end, uh, and you could tell he sort of was being careful with what he wanted to say because I don't think he really want to dig out any of his teammates or anything like that but you could quite clearly see how frustrated he was and also uh, the second part of when he said the film never lies uh, whatever the film says is what it is you know at the, the end of the day either watch that film though, but, but this is that's exactly my point uh, you can say exactly much all this talk about the cards cut k1 the attitude of the players the locker room etc and i think that's what he's saying but what matters at the end of the day is the football Take all that out, and at the end of the day, the football has not been good enough. People can make excuses, say these different things, whether Carlo watches tape or not, whether he doesn't. At the end of the day... You look very pissed off saying that. Well, at the end of the day, it's shit, you know. It doesn't matter. You have all this other crap that people say, 
but people, the team are, are not playing well enough, and quite clearly, uh, there's not enough people in there who are playing hard well, enough for the franchise. Well, I, I, I've brought it up before you know, on the podcast. We had um, the offensive lineman, I think it is, uh, Pugh. Yeah, Pugh, yeah. Yeah, he, he came out and went on a massive run when the media were trying to blame Amendola for that loss where he missed the kick. Yeah. And I think, it, again, I've said it, I don't know how many times over the course of this episode, but it speaks volumes again uh, what is going on at the Cardinals. The fact that you've got players like Buddha Baker, you've even got offensive linemen like Pugh coming up and talking about how there's problems throughout the whole team. I think it it, it speaks volumes, uh, the fact that there is a, there's a lot of problems and there are people there who want it to be put right, but mm. there's a not... There's, there's obviously not enough people that care enough, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, t- to your point, Ashley, Buda Baker's not playing very well himself at all. Only has one interception this year, given up catches on 18 of 22 targets and uh, in line for his lowest PFF coverage grade since the start of his rookie year. There have been year. reports. There have been reports this year of short, uh, this week sorry, of Sean Payton potentially coming to the Cardinals next year. How would that make you feel? Well, I mean, he's clearly a, a very good head coach. Um, I think he could definitely turn that offense around. You look at the weapons and the quality the of. Cliff? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I was even last year when we were doing well. I was sort of questioning the play calls. Um, I wasn't too happy. I was a bit bemused at what was happening, and yeah, I, I think that's sort of following on or into this year, and. Uh, there's clearly elite players in there. There's clearly players with the right mentality and the right attitude throughout. For some reason, it's just not all coming together. Maybe you, it is the head coach. You, you, you seem to have so much belief in Cliff and Kaido when you gave them both the big contracts. And mm. we've seen over the past few weeks, there's a bit of... seems to be a bit of feistiness between the two or four mansion. What, what, what do you... What it's been, it's been bubbling. It's been bubbling what? since the off-season. Kyler Calm and Cliff. the fuck down. Yeah, I, 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 I heard... Was again, I think I think um, I saw somewhere that Kyler sort of just says that. Like, that's the, yeah, he sort of says that to a lot of people. Just sort of... That's how he is. Like, I don't think that it's should be taken right massively... Sounds like you're taking, you, it sounds like you're taking Kyler's words literally and you're trying to calm the fuck down because you don't want to say well, anything I'm, about I'm just re- I'm just reporting back to what I've heard and <laughs> as uh, much as I let, can. Let's move on now because that's just getting a little bit annoyed there and I want to talk about Tom Brady. Couldn't be a top quote. Of course you do. Out the go. Let's listen in. Yeah, that was one of the great uh, football experiences I've ever had. So it says a lot for 23 years in the league and for a regular season game and I think the fan turnout was incredible. It felt like a very electric from the time we took the field. So uh, the end of the game with them singing Sweet Caroline and uh, Country Row, that was that was pretty epic. So I think everyone who's a part of that experience uh, got to got to have something pretty uh, pretty amazing memory for their life. So yeah, he said it might be one of his best uh, experiences in his NFL career. Obviously, a long one. And it was such a momentous occasion in Germany. Um, all week, fans were packed into bars and events around the Allianz Arena. They created an unreal atmosphere in the week leading up to the game, and obviously including the game. Um, with the English crowd, you sort of get fans from loads of different teams, but that 
Buccaneer, uh, the Germany had dedicated Bucks and Seahawks bars that were packed out all week. And the, the actual crowd was really partisan as well. So many Seahawks and Bucks fans there, which helped create such an authentic atmosphere that actually has an impact on the game. And then you get towards uh, towards the end of the game, like literally every fan singing Sweet Caroline and Country Roads. Weird to hear from a from a German crowd. Um, mm. But I think I just wanted to give a shout out because they created such a such a beautiful atmosphere and it was such a big thing for Germany and they 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 deserve it because that I mean that atmosphere is far better than any I've experienced in London. But looking at the atmosphere that was created, it's as a as going into my second year as an NFL fan, it it's the craziest thing I've ever seen watching it in terms of atmosphere at an NFL game, man. I like to think the Buffalo Bills fans are pretty crazy, but the Germans took it to a different level with what I've seen there. And I think it, it just shows the the need for a NFL Europe division with how the atmosphere has been within mm. the London games wow. and the German That'd game. That would be insane. I just so want to... I want to call out to the to the English crowd. Mexico, that was an insane atmosphere as well for the Cards Niners game. We need to, I think we need to step up a little bit and and do something special. Maybe we're getting a little bit complacent with all the games we've had. Uh, but let's move it on quickly. I think we're getting towards an hour mark on the episode now. We'll move it on to the person that Brady uh, that Brady succeeded in Tampa Bay a few years ago. And again, you cannot have a top quote show without this guy. I need to work my ankles, uh, and you, you got certain things that are, we're, we're all like. It's our body is so symmetrical, right? You got you got your wrists, you know. And then you, what are your wrists on the bottom half? Your ankles, you know. You got your shoulders up top. What are your shoulders? Your hips, you know. what I'm saying you got your elbows. What are your elbows? <laughs> your knees, right? Like so. Well, uh, it's symmetrical, and you just got to work different parts. Does this guy? Elbows. Does this guy by any chance live in a state where marijuana is legal? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Louisiana, probably not. It's okay. just, I think, uh, the, it can be easily summarised. Just what the fuck is he talking power about? Paranoid schizophrenia. <laughs> Get that yeah, drop he's... right now. Get that drop. <laughs> I, I don't even think anything. What the fuck be... are you talking about? Uh, I think we can just swiftly move what on. What the from fuck that are one. you talking about? The yeah. amount of retardation I have gained and the amount of brain cells I have lost from listening to that clip is. Alright, alright, alright. I didn't want maybe potentially have a Jameis conversation, but no, let's move it on to. No, that's why, that's why he's expect. not starting in the NFL. This is why you hate him so nah, much, Disco. No, I have mixed feelings on him. I don't want to get into it. He fucking sings head, shoulders, knees and toes or some bullshit. But, but he should be the same start. And there's so many quarterbacks playing right now that, that are worse than him. But no, no let's, let's move on to <laughs> Yes, that November, December football is just finding a way to win, to get in the playoffs. That's that's what it's all about right now. Some of them going to be ugly, some of them going to be pretty, but a win is a win. Yeah, beautifully summarised there, really. Couldn't have said it better myself. You know, that's what you've got to do. In this period of time, you got to drag out those wins. Ravens dragged out that 13-3 win over the Panthers. And that's what you need to do. Just get those wins to get the playoffs. Lamar hasn't been at his best, as we said earlier on in the show. But did get that Russian touchdown to secure the win. Um, so, yeah, they're still hanging on getting the wins. And literally exactly what he said. you just got to keep grinding them out. Absolutely, yeah, and I really love Lamar. The, the Ravens are definitely just going to sign him, but my, if he got to free agency, I would 
I would love it more than anything if he came to the Buccaneers. He's got what? the mindset. He's got the ability through the air and on the ground. Come to Would Tampa. your opinion still be the same if Brady was willing to stay on for another year? Oh yeah, I wouldn't get rid of Brady if if he did want to stay. Um, yeah, but but if not, then obviously I would take Lamar. Um, but let's move on to another quarterback, shall we? Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> Broncos. Let's country. ride. Perfect. Okay. One more time, Broncos country. Let's ride. 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 Hey guys, that's, an, that's another one of my favourite quotes of the season so far. <laughs> I think it, it's just funny to look back on the amount of energy that Mr. Dangerous was giving us there in regards to his move to the Broncos. But ever since he's been there, he fucking stinks until we can all agree. It's been and ridiculous. In fact, I think there might be more than just us two that agree. I think the whole fucking locker room at the Broncos would tend to agree with oh, yeah. the statement. There's, like there's shit bubbling, not even bubbling, it's full-on exploding there. Nathaniel Hackett even had a bit of a dig after another loss on Sunday when Wilson should have kept the clock running, uh, taking a sack or ran the ball, but he threw the ball away, opened the door for a game-tying drive by Carr and the Raiders. They would later win in overtime, and it, to me, it just looks like, because Russell Wilson is tied to that massive contract, it looks like Hackett is going to be Hackett is gonna be one and done, I think. It's, it's been a complete disaster all year, and that was after everyone was saying the Broncos were one quarterback away mm. from a Super Bowl. For sure, I think, <coughs> I obviously don't, I don't think Russell Wilson has been good whatsoever, but um, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, he, just, he sucks, he sucks. Uh, yeah, I think maybe the best hope is that the offense has looked better throughout the last few games of this year. I mean, they've not even got their first overall pick, have they? It's a complete bloody disaster. We will move it on, though, and not actually got any audio for this one. I just wanted to shout out someone who's been excellent all year. And that's Tony Romo in the CBS booth next to Jim Nance. The game that I'm talking about was Chiefs Bills a bit earlier in the year. And fairly early on, he, he said this is a 24-20 to 20 sort of game mm. uh, when most thought it was going to be a big shootout and then the Bills actually ended up winning 24-20. to 20. I feel like Tony Romo is yeah, back to baby. his... <laughs> I feel like Romo is back to his best this year. He's predicting stuff. He's teaching you crazy stuff as you're watching and listening along. Um, and I think Troy Buck and... Um, Joe Buck, sorry, and Troy Aikman have, have made Monday Night Football a lot better as well. But we'll keep it. Swiftly moving into two of Reese's favorite NFL. Game on the line, fourth and one on the goal line. What play are you running? I'm running. There's only one right answer. Some type of rollout. There's only one correct answer, and that's because it is the highest percentage chance of getting one yard, and that's quarterback sneak. Quarterback sneaking it? It blows my mind how many teams do not run a quarterback sneak with one goddamn yard. What the f*** are you doing? It's a 92% chance. There's not a play in the playbook that has a higher percentage chance of working than quarterback sneak. Listen, we had to get away from it because our quarterback's kneecap was in the side of his side of his leg, okay? I was looking at it like, ah! What the f***? Somebody come get Pat. That is one good reason not to run quarterback sneak. 
is if you have a quarterback who has weird hips that move in an odd way, and for some reason he hurts his knee running quarterback snake. <laughs> that's, that's another great one there from me, I think. I've got to took my own horn. It's another great one from me. I think that's great quotes from you, mate. Well, let's just take a second and all congratulate Reese for for picking up these shows. Yeah, that's such a good one. Come on. No, the the insight's gone now. <laughs> uh, uh, no, okay, it's getting a bit late. It's getting a bit late. Um. What what I was gonna um. say is that it's two two guys there who obviously have a lot of love for the game, being NFL players. But I went through a bit of a period where I was struggling, and I was struggling with my my love for NFL as well as other sports, regarding the fact that every team I seem to put support is fucking shit. But they they're doing really well with the podcast there, and they they kind of helped me through a rough patch and helped me fall in love with the the game of American football again. And that's just one of the quotes that kept me going back to them: the fact that some of the shit they say is just so fucking mm. ridiculous. Yeah, it's a good podcast. Um, I doubt there's many people who listen to us and aren't aware of their podcast. But why don't you tell us what it's called and where people can find it? Plug, give well, you can, can find it in all the usual Anywhere. places like you yeah. can find us, but it's called the New Heights Podcast. I think it comes out every Wednesday pretty early in the UK for all our UK listeners, but if you enjoy listening to us, I can guarantee you'll enjoy giving a little listen to the Kelsey brothers over there. Yeah, beautiful. And our next quote is between two... People with um, with similar chemistry, similar love for each other. Yep. Come on. Let's go, baby. Yep. Just take it one play at a time. Yes, sir. All right. Yep. Gonna get right back in this. Yep. Game. Yep. Right. One at a time. Yep. All right. Nice job. Yep. Which one do you like? Cause I like I like the one that you think will get us a touchdown. So think about that. Okay, then I'm gonna go. Left All right. Okay, so All right. Mr. Yeah, Mac, what's up, Beast? Very, very high level, dude. Ah. Uh, yeah. Just got to keep chopping the wood, oh, yeah. boss. Oh, that's, that's the name of the game. Yeah. But the facts are facts. You're playing at a very high level. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything for the next time we're on the field, which yep. is what you're talking about. Yeah. But it's okay to admit that, okay, yeah. Yeah. Not turning the ball over, getting the ball out, and making smart decisions. Mm-hmm. I can, I can kind of go back and forth probably on some plays. Uh, yeah. I might have had this. But yeah. I mean, that's good for Thank you, boss. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, it looks like you're seven, 78% completion, 25 to 32, 279 and three times. Or three tugs. That, that's <laughs> in the last week. That means we're efficient, boss. That's like nine touchdowns and no points. Oh! So that was Tua mic'd up and that was Tua chatting to his head coach, Mike McDaniel, and after we've sort of just discussed uh, the issues between... Wait, 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 wait. Just um, so it's clear for listeners, the first... uh, That was from a video that was comparing how he spoke to Brian Flores the first 20 seconds where it was just like, yep, 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 okay. 
and then comparing it to his relationship um, with with his new head coach McDaniel. Yeah, and I think that um, having a relationship that with the, between the two is so important, isn't it? Um, and that's exactly why uh, Tua has been doing well, and perhaps even on in line for an MVP year. Obviously, oh. uh, you look at how the, I think that 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 relationship is so important. You look what we said about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. You see at the moment with A. Rod and Matt Lafleur, um, you know, and look how well it's going for Miami. You know, Tua's year to prove it. Obviously, all the moves they did in the off season. Um, if Tua didn't do it this year, then it might have been question marks. But you know, they're showing that they got faith in each other and. You know, the Dolphins have won every game too, has started and finished. I think the Finns look like the real deal. Uh, you know, that they're only one win behind the Chiefs. Uh, two has got 18 touchdowns and just three INTs. Passer rating of 118.4. Um, you know, um, so I think that's a really good point between the quarterback and head coach and just how important that is. Absolutely, and uh, I th- you can see that uh, Tua is, from a younger generation, his personality kind of reflects that. I think he needs a certain type of head coach who is going to talk to him like this, and that uh, perhaps Brian Flores uh, wasn't that sort of coach. So, yeah, it's so important that their jobs are so like intricate, if that makes sense, that the, the communication needs to be top-tier communication, and it, and it sounds like they're able to be open, honest with each other, and, and really positive as well. Uh, so that bodes well for for Miami fans absolutely and I think now is time for our final quote one of the, it was after one of the first games of the season from one of the stories of the season the folks you said had written you off maybe what do you say to them yeah they wrote me off I ain't right back though that's the problem I ain't right back let's go All right. congratulations Gino <laughs> thank you, thank you. they wrote me off and I didn't write back I don't really know exactly what it means, but um, <laughs> you, you see what he's sort of going for there. And that was uh, it was in the post game of the first game of the season. Everyone, I'll take you back. Everyone was expecting the Seahawks to be awful. Uh, Geno Smith is at quarterback. Geno Smith's not going to do anything. And the Broncos have, have got what they needed now to go to the Super Bowl. They got the new head coach. They got uh, got the quarterback Russell Wilson. Um, but then 60 minutes of football later, the narrative <laughs> completely switched. On the head, Geno Smith is everyone's favourite quarterback. All of a sudden, and he's he's got that swag in the the post match interview as well. I think it means sort of like, even though people were sort of writing him off and not believing in him, he didn't really react to that. He just kept his head down, kept working, and that hard work is now paying off. And fair play to him; he's been he's been brilliant and really leading that Seahawks offense. Now, in in other interviews as well, people have obviously asked like, what the hell's what the heck has happened? You've been away for six, seven years or however long um, and you turn into one of the league's best starters and he just said um, he's well, he's had the chance to learn from some high-quality quarterbacks in that time and he just got his head down. He just started working as hard as he can, watching watching tape all the time and, and doing everything he could do every day to get better, just in hope and the off chance that he would get this, uh, get this chance. And actually, um, interestingly, before he won this job, I think it was a, a year earlier, or, or maybe in the off season, before actually the Russell Wilson trade, he told someone that he will win the uh, a starting job this year, uh, and he has done it, and he's absolutely balled out. So I think uh, I think it's a really good quote to end on one from early in the season. Geno Smith's feel-good story of the season, and credit also to Pete Carroll. He's done insane things with those rookies this year, and made the right decision to get rid of Russell Wilson. 
and also Seahawks ownership. They could have um, they could have chopped Pete Carroll and kept Russell Wilson, and and who knows how that who that would have gone. But it looks like they've absolutely made the right choice, and and the Seahawks uh, are in command of that NFC West right now. Who'd have thought? Yes, yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah, I think you're just happy that um, that Geno Smith's playing and Drew Locke isn't though. Oh yeah, no, that's absolutely the main thing. Fuck Drew Locke, of course. <laughs> Uh, that'll wrap us up. I think there should be 15 quotes right there. Been good fun. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. We got three games. We'll just um, I'll just ask you both for a bold prediction from the day. The games are Lions Bills half five UK time, Cowboys Giants, and Vikings Patriots. Three good games. You normally don't get three three good games uh, of that level on a on a Thanksgiving. Ask. Give us a bold prediction. So, going with how well uh, I think the Lions are doing at the minute, I'm going for a Lions victory over the Buffalo Bills. Reese, how does that make you feel? Well, one of my bold predictions, I've made one for each of the three Thanksgiving Oh, we got three bold predictions. Let's go. Uh, I think that those guys that don't piss on the porch like puppies... (laughs) <laughs> like big dogs <laughs> might cause us a few problems that's my mm. prediction for game one wait that's not a bold line. prediction they'll give you a few problems well they're gonna cause us problems so, might so you're gonna lose so your bold like prediction is that you're Basically gonna lose my, yes my bold prediction <laughs> is that we're going to fucking lose <laughs> to the Detroit Lions okay? All right. what about what about Cowboys Giants I think you can get. It might not even be bold, given my uh, my obvious <coughs> little bit of bias towards Dayball and my little bit of love mm. towards the Giants. But my bold prediction is that the Cowboys do fuck all, and the Giants come away with another big W. That'd be huge. Fight the Patriots. What are you saying? I think it's another loss for the. AFC East on on that front, and I think uh, I think it's time for me to give more respect to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So now you're a little mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins hot bum boy, aren't you? You love Kirk Cousins now. You'd rather Kirk Cousins than uh, Josh Allen and the Bills, wouldn't you? Well, I don't think I would call it. Oh, how the I mean, I'd rather like the Bills and. A bit of a con who's good than be a Cardinal fan. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, that last prediction was not bold enough for me, but I'll make up for it, for it with this one. Micah Parsons is questionable for that match against the Giants, but we'll forget all about that, and he will score three defensive touchdowns in the game. Three defensive <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> He's questionable. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he ain't even gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. Uh, well, yeah, obviously no player's done this before. I don't know if either a team has even scored three defensive touchdowns in one game before. Probably must have happened. Surely. Um, but oh, that, there's, that a, is a there's bold another prediction. little bomb boy for Harrison Diskin. Well, oh yeah, yeah, you do love Michael bold. Parsons. <laughs> oh yeah, he's insane. Everyone should love Michael Parsons. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he is class. He is class. 
And he's, so I, insane I, I that he's not even going to be on the fucking field, but he's going to score three gonna, touchdowns. He's going to play. He's going to get three touchdowns. <laughs> right. I wanted something bold. What is bold about predicting the Vikings to beat All the right. Patriots? Disco, yeah, the Bills are going to lose. He already said his bold one. Pussy. <laughs> 50 quid on or you're a pussy. 50 quid on Micah Parsons' free defensive touchdown. <laughs> well, he's not going to score a it. fucking offensive touchdown, is he? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, this guy is so versatile. He can do yeah. it all. He's going to be a wide receiver or running back. Yeah, running back next yeah. week. Right, lads. I'm it's sure getting pretty late. On his bold prediction. Mm, look at you with a wordplay. Just trying to pump up the episode. But is it a right back or a running back, Disco? Oh, right. Forget about that. It's getting late. The episode is getting pretty long. Um, Ash, give us our socials. Beg the people to interact with us and then we'll get out of here. Oh, God. Please do not tell me that before I've even got it up. Because you know I never remember. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. Our Twitter is... <laughs> Our Twitter is at throw in rotation. Please send us a tweet. Follow us. Just let us know. Even if you think the podcast is shit, please just tell us and then we'll try and do something Which different. Is. No, our podcast well, is great, obviously. It can't obviously. be shit now that you've got the energy from the big Scotsman back. Yeah, of course. It's, it's a great back. podcast. But even if you think it's shit, let us know and we'll do something different. Yeah. Um, or finally send us an email. Throw it in rotation pod at gmail.com. Somebody please. Please. Wait no, I've been I, I've thought about this the other day, and I'll be like, we've been asking people to email us since we started, but who like who sends an email these days? Like, unless it's to a company or, or something like that, who's just well, no. sending in a bloody email? They can they can tweet us. Well, let's just tweet us then. I think we should. I think we need to next week. We'll just be like. Oh, thanks for all of the the tweets and the emails and everything like that. Keep them coming in. They're like, <laughs> to, to, like like when you've got a tip jar and you put a, like a few quid in it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Set the table, sort of thing. Like nobody wants to be the first. Change. There's been other um, people. Uh, yeah. That that Bills fan love was loving us on Twitter, we weren't he? Feedback. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get out of here. Loving us up the mafia, but. <laughs> I think we should. Should we not know that I'm back, boys? I think we should uh, take them straight to the favourite part of the episode. Go on then. Bye! <laughs> uh, don't, 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 don't